Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. It's a fact of life that we're all aging. No matter if we're 8 or 80, the clock is ticking. If we're smart, we'll want to know the answer to this question. Can we age healthfully? A peek inside most doctor's office waiting rooms these days would lead us to believe that we cannot. But Dr. Jennings offers a whole different perspective. Dr. Jennings, just how much do our choices matter in this? The decisions we make on a daily basis, do they really impact how we age and whether it's healthy or not? That's a great question. And let's talk about what aging is, because I yeah. think many people may not know what we mean when we talk about aging. We're not talking about simply how long we live. Hmm. What we're talking about when we use the term aging is we're talking about the slow decline or loss in functional ability. Hmm the decline in vitality and ability. I think most of us wouldn't mind being 120 in a body that we had when we were 25. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so when we talk about aging, we're talking about the slow decline or loss in vitality and abilities. Now, do the choices we make impact how quickly we lose those abilities and functioning or maintaining them? And the answer is absolutely yes. Anybody who has any doubt about that, just remember the last high school reunion you went to. Yes, and, yes. And look around at the folks. Yeah. And the, some of those who were the hard partying ones, and you've known they've been partying for years versus some that were maybe living a healthier lifestyle of diet and exercise. And you can see people do not age at the same rate, even though we pass through time at the same rate, meaning that everybody has 24 hours in a day. Depending on what we're doing, we can accelerate that loss of function and or we can delay or slow that loss of function. And the goal is to make choices that maintain our vitality and ability as we move through time. Dr. Jennings, isn't our aging kind of preloaded into us by genetics? Genetics have a role to play, but for the vast majority of people, the, the primary element in our, in our decline is going to be the lifestyle aspects of life. What's happening to us environmentally? Uh, it's not just the genes we have, but the genes we have are being impacted by environment. For instance, if we talk about uh, we know that people who have been abused as children have more medical health problems, hmm. mental health problems, and die younger than people who are not abused as children. Wow. And uh, I think we can understand on a general sense why that might be. Yeah. But as we look at the genetics, what we find that uh, a whole host of genes in the human genome, there are different versions where long-arm version or short-arm version, or there's one letter difference in the gene. And what we've discovered is if there's no trauma, then most of these genes, there's no difference in how those genes express themselves and how people turn out. But if there's trauma, then if you have certain genes, then with trauma, those genes can accelerate the damage and people can actually have much worse health later in life. So it's not just the genes we have, but it's also the life experiences we're going through in relation to those genes. I understand there's a whole you know field of study, epigenetics, on this topic. Explain that a little bit more, because that's very important. A lot of people think, you know, what's happening to me? I, I have no control over it whatsoever. It's genetic. And you're saying, well, it could be, but only to a point. Am I right? Right. So the genes that we have are the base code of information, like a library of information that we can access to produce products that our body runs on, whether it's blood cells or proteins or whatever. What happens in life, though, is while we can't change the sequence of our genes, the actual coded information of the genes, we can determine which 
genes we open. So it's like the library of information. Whatever the library is, those are the books we have. Yeah, but yeah. what life can decide is which books we open and which books we close. So that's the epigenetic piece, turning genes on or turning genes off. Okay. All right. I now know that that eight-year-old is aging and the 80-year-old is aging. What are we doing wrong? We're, we're not doing this right, Dr. Jennings. We're, if you look at the doctor's offices, you look at the, the people at the homecoming thing and the alumni thing, we're not doing a very good job. How would you identify the major issues in our lifestyles that is causing us not to age very gracefully? Well, I think first is a mindset issue. Mm. A mindset because of wonderful things like antibiotics, which when you get an infection, you can take an antibiotic and the antibiotic cures the infection. That's a wonderful thing, but it's led people to a myth that any lifestyle is okay, and if I get a sickness, I can take a pill to fix it. Mm. That doesn't apply to things like diabetes or high blood pressure or heart disease. That's not the same as an infection. And so those things are really related to lifestyle choices. And uh, the top killers today, in fact, are all lifestyle-related. Heart disease, cancer, lung disease, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, obesity. These big killers are all lifestyle-related. And so the choices we make in life are going to determine our body's metabolic responses, immune responses, and then ultimately how we either slow the aging process or accelerate the aging process. We hear a lot about lifestyle choices, and I think the message is finally getting out. I know that in the health programs I've done in the past, we talk about this a lot. We're finally getting to the place where we realize the importance of lifestyle. Have the tools that we use in our lifestyle, have they become more dangerous? In other words, have our foods become more dangerous? Has our water become more dangerous? Has our thought processes become more dangerous and more damaging as time has gone by in the last, let's say, 100 years? actually be the opposite. Uh, up until 100 years ago, there was no water safety, so there was That's lots true. of infections passed around yeah. in the water. Yeah. There was no food inspection, so, so food rotted or spoiled. Overall, if we're looking at today compared uh-huh. to the entire age of human history up until 100 years ago, things are much healthier today because we have water treatment plants, we have food inspections, we have many things that make the source of quality of these things much healthier uh-huh. than historically. Uh-huh. However, our there are trends that could be happening in the way foods are being processed maybe in the last 40 years that could be depleting them of nutrients, genetic modified foods, and some of these things, the the pesticides being used. Could some of those things be adding in harmful elements that weren't there 100 years ago? That's true, too. There could be new harmful elements. Overall, are we still better off than probably the world leading up to the 20th century? Yes. The average lifespan has significantly increased in the last 100 years because of these things, but I think some of the modern technologies and things and and chemicals in our environment are starting to make their way back into the food supply now and maybe having a new consequence. But the real elements are not those. Those are secondary order, primary order or food choices to begin with. And that would be high sugar foods, fast foods, junk foods, fried foods, those types of food choices are going to be much more harmful to you than the things people worried about with regard, well, was was this organically raised or not organically raised? Those are secondary order things. This food selection first is much more important. All right. Very good. Dr. Jennings is our guest today. We're talking about healthy aging. Okay. We've covered the physical aspect of it. We need to have lifestyles that have built-in protection, and that is in the food we eat, and, and I imagine the amount of exercise we get, et cetera, and the sleep. We've talked about that in other programs. 
How about our brains? Are we doing damaging things to our brains that were not available to us 100 years ago? Interesting question, not available to us 100 years ago. So certainly there are lots of recreational drugs Mm. that are being used in society, ecstasy, and lots of other recreational drugs and products. Marijuana today is not the marijuana of the 1960s and 70s. That marijuana had 2 to 3% of THC. Hybridized marijuana now is 25% THC, eight times stronger, much more neurotoxic. So there's many things being done and, and people can do to themselves today that were not available for people to do prior to the last hundred years. Additionally, potential chemicals and other things that we've never even fully uh, elucidated in society. So yeah, I think those things, that's probably true, that we can have some things in our environment that are more damaging than have historically been true, but there's also been many benefits as we've talked about as well. When a patient comes into your office to see you about an issue of whatever it happens to be, now you're a psychiatrist, so they probably come in with some, uh, some mental issues. How do you approach mental issues and, and lifestyle? Is there a connection there? We talked about physical health. How about mental health now? Let me rephrase that. Are the same tools that you are saying will bring about good physical health also beneficial to our mental health? So anything that helps improve the health of the body will help improve the health of the brain. The brain is part of the body. So all the things you do that are physiologically healthy for your body will be healthy for your brain. And the healthier your brain, then the foundation of mental health, your brain health, is better. But people can have a healthy body and still have mental health problems because of things that are not related directly to the physical body itself. A woman in a relationship with a husband who beats her regularly Mm. uh, or abuses her in some way or is verbally criticized or run down that mental chronic stress or conflict, that's going to be negative even if they have a healthy nutrition or a soldier who goes into combat and has to kill others and see his friends get killed, but he gets good nutrition and exercises regularly, that trauma is going to have a negative effect on his mental health. Mm -hmm. So there's many things that affect mental health besides the physical piece. All right. So it sounds like we need to come at this from a holistic standpoint. Am I right? Absolutely. Biopsychosocial, spiritual approaches, and we want to understand those aspects that bring us back in harmony with the laws of health on all domains. What's healthy for the physical health? What's healthy for mental health, our belief systems and attitudes and internal dialogues? What's healthy in relationship? Health, how, how do healthy relationships actually function? And am I in harmony with those types of relationships? And healthy spiritual health? What's the healthy God view and worldview and so forth? As we can understand those parameters for health and move that direction, then we slow the aging process and we live better. Where do we go, Dr. Jennings? Where do we go to find what we need to be doing? Going to see you is good. Listening to these programs are good. Uh, Reading a book here or there. Is there some place where we can go to find the truth about what makes us healthy and keeps us healthy and helps us age healthfully? Well, I would tell you my book, The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind, yes. is a very holistic approach that deals with all of these domains and is very well referenced and has many scientific articles citing things in addition to exercise, in addition to supplements you can take and food choices you can make. And we talk in the book about things like touching the earth and having your, your skin actually touch grass, which allows electrons to flow in, which helps your body produce antioxidant enzymes and, and helps your body 
body heal and so forth. We talk about getting out in nature. We talk about mental decompression and learning how to get off the rat wheel of life one day every week in order to, and, and the health benefits of that. So I think it's a good resource for people they want to start. And at the end of each chapter, there is also a uh, learning point and an action plan about how to implement that for your life. We're going to talk about a little bit more about the aging brain, proven steps to prevent dementia and sharpen your mind. So there is help. There are tools available. We just need to choose the right ones. And my final question to you is, how do we know it's the right one? What criteria should we use as we look for answers in how we should live so we can live healthily the rest of our lives? So evidence-based outcomes, if it's uh, really healthy, there should be evidence to support that. Mm -hmm. And so in my book, I cite lots of uh, articles, resources, researchers that shows that we have evidence-based outcomes. And I also like it when we find the science harmonizing with biblical principles, Mm -hmm. and then we can have confidence in our our selections. Evidence and Bible-based, that's what I hear you saying there. That's very, very important. Well, Dr. Jennings, you've given us some real hope today because a lot of people are saying, what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to live? Because we see how not to do it. The world is giving us a very good illustration of how not to live. And God has given us a way. And science is proving it more and more every day that God's way is the correct way. And I appreciate that. Any words of encouragement for our listener right now who may be saying, what do I do next? Yeah, start with one change. One change at a time. If you drink sodas, just get the sodas out and go to water. And after that becomes easy for you to do, then make one more change. Just one step at a time. Don't try to do it all at once. It's overwhelming. All right. Very good. Words of wisdom from Dr. Tim Jennings, our guest today. The website, comeandreason.com. Information about that's coming up. Until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>